Hurricane Hillary and the Wicked Queen. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Memes sprouted up online as the rare once-in-a-generation Hurricane Hillary threatened Los Angeles. She's back, they all said. No one could mistake the namesake with or without the extra L. Just before the hurricane was downgraded to a tropical storm and made its way toward me, I was revisiting Disney's Snow White in the wake of comments made by Rachel Zegler, the young star chosen to revive and brand the Disney princess as non-white, feminist, and woke. Gone were the seven dwarves. Gone was the skin as white as snow. And there was talk of the infamous kiss that awakened Snow White to be surgically removed like the cancer it supposedly was. Disney princesses now aren't what they were in 1937. They're brands, economies unto themselves. It isn't just a movie, it's a Halloween costume, a birthday cake, party supplies, toys. See, Disney tells us, Disney princesses don't just have to be white. Not even one called Snow White. You were a good person if you went along with it, and a bad person if you didn't. After all, why shouldn't other groups besides the white majority be Disney princesses? Who can argue with that? As we would discover, however, changing Snow White would be the tip of the iceberg. The seven dwarves would have to be an array of inclusive, fully grown adults, because if they were still dwarves, they would offend those born short of stature. Now they look like a gaggle of Brooklyn hipster employees from the Renaissance Fair. Then we're left wondering, what are they doing in the forest? Is it some kind of creepy cult? Here is a video from Nerd Word called Snow White, the Destruction of Dwarves. It's both interesting and disturbing to see the lengths that people will go to in order to remain politically correct. Whether they are trying to display the most updated version of feminism or the newest form of inclusion, or even the most current form of equity possible, the lengths that are gone to and the hoops that are jumped through never ceases to amaze me. And I cannot help but think that there is a very malicious motive behind the decision to make all of these changes. It's not in the name of wanting to represent those people groups that have typically not received leading roles in the past. If that were the case, then seven little people would have been cast in the roles of the dwarves, which could be a breakout role for actors from that community. The term dwarf in this context is not an offensive term because they are referring to a species from a fantasy world where such things are completely normal. To change all of that is simply demonstrates a lack of understanding in the property that Disney has created. But when It's no longer 1937, said Zegler in the clip from 11 months ago that the internet somehow unearthed this past week. She's not going to be saved by the prince, inserts Gal Gadot helpfully. 
And, says Zegler, she's not going to be dreaming of true love. She will dream about becoming the leader she knows she can be. You said you were bringing a modern edge to it on stage. What do you mean by that? I just mean that it's no longer 1937, and we absolutely wrote a Snow White. That she's is not going to be yeah. saved by the prince. She's not going to be saved by the prince, and she's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be, and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. And so it's just a really incredible story for, I think, young people everywhere to see themselves in. Snow White is running for president. <laughs> I'm launching my campaign. I am. Zegler isn't a polished actress. She was plucked from the wilds of YouTube by Spielberg to play his Maria Authentico in West Side Story. Zegler spouts the doctrine of her generation because she must as an online influencer. Here is a video from Critical Drinker, Snow White, How to Destroy Your Own Movie. Either way though, I can't help wondering, is this really the attitude you want to display towards one of the most beloved animated movies of all time? The one that literally made Disney what it is today? Do you really want to be seen shitting on the accomplishments of previous generations when your own efforts are probably never going to reach the same heights of cultural influence? Because at a certain point, it really just comes across as a jealous, envious attempt to drag down other people's work rather than elevating your own. As Mahler so aptly puts it in one of his videos, this this isn't a passing of the torch, it's a torching of the past. It's a deliberate attempt to rewrite history and destroy the legacy of the thing you're so desperate to supplant, while conveniently forgetting that there's a reason movies like Snow White have been enjoyed by generations of audiences. The stories they told are timeless and universal, instead of trying to catch the ever-changing winds of the political and social zeitgeist. They weren't written for modern audiences, they were written for every audience, from the 1930s to the 2020s and that's precisely why they worked so well. And as much as you and your friends might look down on them and mock them for not aligning with whatever fads and trends happen to be the current thing, the inconvenient truth is that they'll still be remembered long after your own lesser efforts have been forgotten. You are but a passing ripple in the pond of history, whereas they are history. Becoming the leader she knew she could be is an interesting read of Snow White, though inaccurate. Snow White is the living embodiment of beauty, not just physical beauty, but beauty within. She dreams of true love not because it's something she doesn't have, but because it's something she already knows she has. It's the wicked queen who is empty inside, who must destroy those who have what she never will. And that brought me back to Hurricane Hillary with two L's. The Snow White of Zegler and Disney's Imaginings a college grad whose speech about making the impossible possible earned her a spot in the press as a promising young leader. Her publicity drew the handsome prince to find her in the Yale library. Aren't you that woman who... Despite the speech, the meet-cute, and the promise, the handsome prince carried Hillary off to become the first lady of Arkansas. Deep inside her, that burning to be the leader she knew she could be anchored her to Bill, whose career was moving fast. Queen Hillary's fairy tale soured after a time. There were the Jennifers and the women who waited in line outside the governor's door. A sexual harassment charge, a rape allegation. There was that illegitimate child Bill was rumored to have fathered on his rise to the presidency, the one no one on the left talks about, but is preserved in amber in the film Primary Colors. Here is the scene in which she hears the truth about her husband in the film. All right. All right. 
bit. Jack, Norman Ash is good. Where the fuck is Henry? Daisy? I don't know, Governor. I just flew in with you, remember? Brad, do we have the New York numbers? What happened to Bill Clinton's son? Is Danny Lee Williams the proof that what happened in primary colors was true? He's not asking for anything except to be claimed as a Clinton. Yet to the kingdom of Hillary and Bill, he remains persona non grata. Is that something Snow White would do? Or is that something the Wicked Queen would do? Hello. My name is Danny Lee Williams. I am the son of former President Bill Clinton. All I want to do is shake my father's hand. So please help me give my message to my father by liking and sharing my video. Corruption begat corruption, didn't it, Hillary? By the end, the Kathy Bates character becomes so disgusted and disillusioned with the Stantons that she blows her brains out. And here it is, the moment the Stantons have chosen winning over integrity. Forget that convention. Libby, for Christ's sake, what are you doing? What's the point? The point is Eagleton. Remember, Jack? I must have known you, what, two days then? We hear that McGovern has chosen a vice president who had electric shock treatments. And for the first time, I actually consider the possibility that we might lose to that brain, Nixon. I mean, <laughs> before that, I was absolutely convinced we would win. Can you imagine, Henry? We were so young and this one this one he takes me out we go to this little open-air cuban joint remember jack i got my head in my hands i mean life has ended and i say they did it the cia it had to be the cia i couldn't believe that tom eagleton would really be a nutcase they had to have dragged him off and drugged him and made him crazy it couldn't have been that mcgovern was just a complete amateur no they did dirty tricks and i said to jack we got to get the same capability as the cia remember jack we got to be able to do dirt too and you said no our job is to end all that our job is to make it clean because if it's clean we win because our ideas are better you remember that jack that was a long time ago Libby, you said it yourself. We were young. We didn't know how the world worked. Now we know. We know that if we don't move on this bigger situation, two things will happen. The first is we're dead. Everything we've worked for since Miami 25 years ago dies and fast. The second thing that happens is someday very soon when the romance dies, when they've gotten sick of Freddie Picker's quiet, righteous act, when they want to pull his wings off, some enterprising journalist will stumble onto this. And if he doesn't, the Republicans will lead him to it on their timetable next fall. It'll be another Eagleton, only it'll be our fault this time. 
for letting it happen. Your fault, Libby. Honey, you may be right. All of it may be right. But we can't do it because it just ain't who we're supposed to be. Maybe we could leak part of it, the, the clear water stuff. We know the Republicans have that. Christ, Jack, you don't think they're going to have the rest any day. Now, you'd, you think Brace is only going to tell this story once. I'm sorry, Libby, there's just no discussion. You're right. Man, Henry and me have already decided this dies here. I don't think so. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but it does. And here's why. You know what this is? Test results on Jack's blood. Uncle Charlie's blood taken over the years. And this, this is the blood test report Jack gave me that proves he's not the father of Loretta McAllister's baby. And you know what, Jack? It's not your blood. Isn't that a riot? The blood sample Dr. Beauregard took was not from you. It was from Uncle Charlie. You sent him to have his blood tested in your place because you know good old Dr. Beauregard loves you, wants to teach those Yankees a lesson. Well, he's not going to love you enough to lose his license, Jack. Once he knows I have proof, he'll fold like a cheap accordion. I know that won't prove you are the father of Loretta's baby. In fact, I think you're not. But it proves you thought you might be. And that proves you f***ed her. And that will kill your chances. You would do that. It would end his political career. You see, Jack, she hadn't even heard. She isn't even upset that you fucked your 17-year-old babysitter. And you know why? It's never the cheat who goes to hell. It's always the one who we cheated on. That's why you can still talk in that tender-hearted voice about being in it for the folks. And Susie here can only talk in that voice from hell about your political career. Now, what kind of shit is that, Jack? Oh, excuse me, I forgot. It's the same old shit. It's the shit no one ever calls you on, ever. Because you're so completely special. Because everyone was always so proud of you. Me too. Me the worst. It just makes it a whole lot easier for me. I mean, it's totally depressing. What have I been doing this for my whole pathetic life? So here's the deal. If you move on Freddie Picker, who I think we all agree is a flawed but decent man, I move on you. Yes. I will destroy this village in order to save it. Queen Hillary could not be Snow White and get what she wanted. She would never be content to waste away in a cottage, baking cookies and singing to the birds. No, she wanted more, much more. But to do that, she would have to accept that she was not good at all, but ruthless to the last. Whistle while you work, hum a merry tune. Queen Hillary's chance to flee her life as Bill's shadow came at long last when a maiden named Monica begged Bill to sleep with her engaged in tawdry acts in the Oval Office, then giggled her way through a Barbara Walters interview. Did you ever try to have intercourse? Uh-huh. What happened? I, I actually had always thought we eventually would. I mean, there, was, there really was never a question for me. I think uh, most normal people would think, well, sure, you're going to have an affair. You're, 
you're going to make love and, and it's going to be great, or you hope it's great. Um, but we, when we, we first spoke about it, um, actually it was during the election, and um, he said, I can't do that. And I said, what do you mean you can't do that? And he said, well, when you get to be my age, you'll understand there are consequences for those kinds of things. And I got really upset because, to me, that completes a relationship. I felt it was unfair to me, having been in this relationship and having been a part of this, that I would never know what it was like to be that intimate with him. But I don't think we ever tried. I think I tried to get him to want to have sex with me. Okay, but it never actually happened. Oh, how Hillary must seethe thinking of Monica now, refashioned as a Me Too victim. Where is a henchman when you need one? Queen Hillary had no choice but to conjure, like a disturbance in the open sea that threatens to become a hurricane. From now on, Hillary would come first. She would become the leader she always knew she could be. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most electable of them all, asked Queen Hillary. There are none more electable than thee, said the magic mirror. Senator Hillary emerged like a phoenix, a savior on 9-11. At long last, the promising political career that had been her destiny was at hand. When 2008 came along, she asked her magic mirror once again, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most electable of them all? Though you are electable, my queen, there is one far more electable than thee. He's a skinny kid with a funny name, whose speeches light the base on fire. No, fumed Queen Hillary. This can't be true. From out of nowhere, he's suddenly more experienced than the senator who helped the city survive a terrorist attack? Are you kidding me? Sadly, no, said the magic mirror. You're likable enough, Hillary, just not more likable than he. Likeable enough got her a spot as Secretary of State, though much of that was the political maneuvering of the new beloved king. He wanted to unite both movements, and he needed the Hillary tribe. All of those high-earning feminists, the base of the Democratic Party, unmarried white women like me. Taken in 2011, this photo by Kevin Lamarck launched a thousand memes and an investigation into Hillary's private email server. The Queen could not catch a break. Queen Hillary bided her time through the fairy tale of being Bill's wife. The end of this story was already written. It was just a matter of the right election at the right time. Joe Biden would have to wait his turn. By 2016, Hillary was more than a disturbance. She looked like the beginnings of a hurricane. Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most electable of them all, she asked again. Though you are electable indeed, there is one more electable than thee. He is a grumpy old senator from Vermont surfing the populist wave of discontent wrought from the Wall Street bailout in 2008. Hillary had waited long enough. There was no way that miserable old socialist coot was snatching victory from her. Take her far into the forest. Find some secluded lane where she can pick wildflowers. Yes, Your Majesty. And there, my faithful huntsman, Kill her. But your majesty, the little princess. Silence. You know the penalty if you fail. Yes, your majesty. But to make doubly sure you do not fail, 
bring back her heart in this. Vanquishing Bernie was not easy, but by now her leadership, her dominance, and her influence could not be denied. This was her moment, and she would push through the humiliations and accusations that she was a shill for Wall Street, the status quo, someone who could not give an inspiring speech to save her life, likable enough Hillary. Despite everything, she clinched the nomination in 2016. She'd crushed Bernie like a bug. Uncle Joe was stepping aside, and she had the full force of King Obama's army behind her. So she asked again, mirror, mirror on the wall, who was the most electable of them all? Though you are likable enough, there is one more electable than thee. He hosted Celebrity Apprentice for seven seasons and has a new nickname for you, Crooked Hillary. By now, Queen Hillary breaks the fourth wall and stares right into the camera. You have got to be effing kidding me. Donald J. Trump? That's who is more electable than me? No. You are a lying magic mirror. You have always been lying, she said. Would that I were my queen. This isn't exactly fun, you know. But I'm compelled to tell the truth, no matter how much you wish I wouldn't. As Keats would say, beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. That is all ye need know on this earth, he says. Keats, seriously? Unleash hell, Queen Hillary said as the waters churned beneath her and began creating a powerful swirl off in the distance. The dossier, the Access Hollywood tape, the FBI. Nothing was off limits to stop this man from denying her what she knew was her destiny, to become the leader she knew she could be. The New York Times assured her she could not lose. 95% chance of winning, they said. She didn't just want a squeaker. She wanted a landslide win. She wanted Georgia. She wasn't watching the swing states. And she did it. She won. She won the election in 2016. Except that she didn't. She won the popular vote, but not the election. The hurricane was gaining strength, looking to make landfall as a Category 5. Hillary could not lose this election. Not this one. Everyone would pay. The Democratic Party, the media... James Comey, Bernie Sanders. Now she would become death, the destroyer of worlds. The heart of a pig, a blundering fool. I'll go myself to the dwarf's cottage in a disguise so complete no one will ever suspect. Now, a formula to transform my beauty into ugliness. Change my queenly raiment to a peddler's cloak. Mummy dust. To make me old. To shroud my clothes. The black of night. To age my voice. An old hag's cackle. <laughs> Whiten my hair, a scream of fright. A blast of wind to fan my head. A thunderbolt to mix it well. Now begin. <laughs> 
She wanted something she could never have. She wanted her fairy tale. The husband who didn't cheat. The career that hand-delivered the presidency at long last. If she had all of that, if she was rich and powerful and won the vote of the people, would that be enough? Could that stop a Category 5 hurricane? No. No, because what Queen Hillary wanted, what she needed, was love. Real love. Not a husband with a wandering eye. Not a close election. Not to use her position to force people to support her. She wanted them to like her, to love her. Why didn't they? It was like that story she told about her mother forcing her to go back outside and play with the kids who hated her. Make them like you, Hillary. But how? Whatever it was Hillary needed, or those of us who supported her for so long needed, never seemed to be enough. Is that the lie feminism sells? That we should be shamed for finding happiness in the simplicity of true love? For spending our days doing the chores of ordinary life? Are we made better because we see a movie like Snow White as oppressive and not beautiful? Or are we made more miserable because it's never enough? Whomever Hillary was once upon a time has now been swallowed up by ambition, corruption, and desperation, not just by her, but by all of those titans in the Democratic Party and in the media who could not stand it that so many people wanted to vote for Trump. Snow White is the embodiment of love itself. So many forest creatures are drawn to her, and it is what compels the seven dwarves to try to save her, she isn't rescued by the prince at all. She's rescued by the thing that defines her. And it is this thing that can't be bought or won, but is something that we just have to recognize within us. Snow White is happy no matter where she is or what she's doing. She's just as happy living in a cottage with seven dwarves as she'd be living in a castle. A universal truth that for an America coming out of the Great Depression resonated. Snow White doesn't have to speak for all women. It shouldn't be a map to guide young people on how to think or what to long for. It is that rare thing that can't be replicated. A thing of beauty. There is truth in it. A truth they wish to eradicate. Queen Hillary isn't finished yet. She's just now taking her victory lap on Rachel Maddow, cleaning off her magic mirror, thinking about asking one more question one last time. But the answer will always be the same, because the answer is in the asking of the question. As for Hurricane Hillary, the rain is just starting to come down where I live. Warm, heavy raindrops carried to us from somewhere off the Mexican coast, it's quiet and dark. We won't know the full damage of her impact until she's moved on and the birds know it's safe to start singing again. Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com. Hope you're having a great weekend. And remember, to thine own self, be true. Once I thought I saw you In a crowded hazy bar Dancing on the light from 
star to star Far across the moonbeams I know that's where you are I saw your brown eyes turning once to fire Stay. I wanna love you.